This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, Hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace Murray. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to another exciting episode of... The Creative Team! I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. How you doing today, bud? I'm fantastical, especially now today because it's showtime, pun intended and foreshadowing absolutely (laughs) intended. It just makes me want to beat my chest up and go, woo! But yeah, if you haven't guessed already folks at home this is going to be a special attraction take it up with creative because i think this is the most recent time period we've ever done for take it up with creative because we're getting we're getting into our time traveling ron stoppable coal train and we're traveling all the way back to a far far and away 2015 well 2014 is when it actually took place the big payoff payoff floating quotation marks is uh <laughs> is what took place in 2015 but we're talking about sting in the wwe ladies and gentlemen oh yes a lot of this was really good and a lot of this was really bad we're going to talk about the good we're going to talk about the bad and we're going to talk about what should have been done what could have been done and what we think would be better cole are you excited for this episode uh, very excited. Uh, this is one of those things, like, for years and years and years, people, fans, pondered what could be if Sting ever joined the WWF slash WWE. I mean, he's really the only guy that, you know, didn't do it in the 90s. He didn't do it, you know, even in the decade of the 2000s. Like, he, he waited all the way to 2014, and he was in his, you know, 50s at that point when he finally gave in um i mean he was kind of he was loyal to wcw he was he went to impact tna slash impact and stayed there as long as it was kind of relevant and then he was left with no other option finally and and i don't know if he needed to make some money or he just you know wanted to give the fans something i mean to be honest he's in his 60s now and he's still taking bumps and doing shit on tv so you know, it, it was always kind of a rumor that Sting didn't necessarily really love the business, but I got to think at this point, as much money as he's made, that uh, he really is a lifer and loves the business and just wants to be involved in some way. He, so. he definitely seems like he's having fun now, and uh, he's well documented in saying that he didn't really start having fun fun in wrestling until he started doing his Joker gimmick in TNA, because he felt like that was the first time he really got to step out the box and perform as a character rather than just either be the the stereotypical white meat baby face as the surfer sting or the stoic say nothing but all action crow sting. Uh, so, yeah, if you look at his later stuff, he seems to have enjoyed the business more in his later stuff than he did in, like, the late 80s, 90s. Which is crazy because, I mean, you know, I, I, it's just, it's one of those things, like, uh, right now, I'll, I'll just, you know, we'll talk about a little bit of what's going on Um you know, we, I'm sure you've experienced too. I know you experienced it after the uh, eye for an eye match. Like, 
sometimes you just kind of fall out of love with wrestling and you need a little break and you kind of come in and out a little bit. Uh, you know, your interest sometimes is great. Right now, I fucking love professional wrestling. This is the first time in, oh, I can't tell you how many, how often in the last 20 years I've watched wrestling on a week-to-week basis. But what's happening at AEW right now with Eddie Kingston and CM Punk and Brian Danielson and Bobby Fish and, and Sting. Adam Cole and Sting and Darby Allen and MJF. Like, it, it's a good wrestling show. We finally, it's been, you know, 15 years probably since we had a weekly television wrestling show that was good and worth tuning in to watch every week to see what's going to happen and, you know, as we're recording this today, there's a pay-per-view today that I'm really excited about. Like, there, this is one of those, like, uh, you know, if people want to come over, maybe I'll get the pay-per-view. No, this one, I'm like, I'm getting this fucking pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to come over, great. But I'm watching this shit regardless because I need to see Eddie Kingston, CM Punk. I need to see MJF, Darby Allen. Like, I, even the stuff with Cody is really interesting to me right now where... I feel like they're even using, I think they're using the reality show to kind of add to the work even because I feel like even Cody Rhodes cannot be this delusional to think that he's a baby face. I've been, like, say, I've been saying this since the first trailer. No, I think they just have another platform to have the slow build for this heel turn we're all going to get. And we're having the audience put that delusional clueless thing together because it's so easily... You could it's you could so easily see behind the curtain. So they're using behind the curtain shit to really solidify their heel turn, and I think it's brilliant. Well, I hope I that is my hope. That is my hope. Now I we could be wrong, and Cody could be this fucking delusional that he, he's a babyface and he's gonna pretend to be a babyface regardless of how the fans react, and they're just gonna keep trying to do stuff to make him a babyface and get that get him back to being loved by the fans the way he was two years ago when he made all this happen, basically. Like, you know, uh, the Bucks and Omega get a lot of the credit, but the fact is, the fact of the matter is Cody is the one that made this shit happen. Well, like, you know. I mean, you know, it's well, docu- <laughs> it's well documented that, you know, the creative team has dubbed Ralphus as the reason AEW exists. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who's this taking up with creative about again? Sting! <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe we should get back on that train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there. I just, you know, every once in a while, stuff's happening in the world at, that we just need to mention because, you know, this is a wrestling podcast, so we can't just ignore the the fantastic things that are happening over at AEW. I just wanted to give them a little two-minute shout-out. But one thing we can ignore is some of the ideas in the creative meeting room when Sting came to the WWE. Now, that's a transition. Yes. So, uh, I will give you the rundown of what actually kind of happened. Uh, now, this is one of those where it, it's actually, you know, we're going to do a couple take-it-ups here where it was just snake bit. Like, they just a little bit of bad luck, you know, that, that happened here. But um, I think we could fix the bad luck because, obviously, the neck injury that Sting suffered during this run wasn't, you know, life-threatening or career-threatening because here we are five, six, seven years later, and he's still going and taking power bombs through tables and shit. And so, no selling it. Yeah. <laughs> so November 23rd, 2014, the man they call Sting 
debuts. He attacks Triple H and costs him his match at the wonderful pay-per-view there. And uh, that was it. We didn't see him for a couple months. There were some cool vignettes. There was some good stuff going on. But the next appearance of Sting, he debuted on Monday Night Raw, January 19th, 2015. Uh, You know, the authority is in full swing at this point. They're doing their shit. And Sting comes in and uh, causes the authority to lose a match. Which, you know, of course leads to Triple H being a pissed off son of a bitch. So February 9th. 2015 vignettes on the big screen with sting uh, uh saying why he's here that kind of thing going there that led to february 22nd fast lane weird name for a pay-per-view but i like i ties in to the road to wrestlemania so whatever whatever cool uh that's when he confronts triple h and they set up their match for wrestlemania 31 wrestlemania 31 sting fucking loses you goddamn motherfucking triple fucking H. Oh, no, no. You, you, you gotta, we gotta like describe the match in detail. There's so much Gaga. Well, you, my friend, were there live for this one, correct? I was. So what? I'll let you, I'll let you describe in detail what you saw as a fan live at WrestleMania. Well, there it was fantastic. And it was the reason I got a ticket because I assumed, you know, if he's debuting. You know, in 2014, he's going to be at WrestleMania. So I just bought a ticket on a whim and and went to this <clears throat> based on that possibility. And really, if you're a fan of the business and you have an inkling that Sting's coming over, there's one guy that you think he's going to be wrestling. So it was a big swerve when it ended up being Triple H for me, but I still had a great time for the following reasons. Because when when the NWO music hit and the, and the DX music hit, the whole crowd went nuts. Like, say what you want about the finish and, like, hindsight and armchair quarterbacking. Like, it was a great ride there. Everyone was, like, so pro-sting. And, like, once the finish happened, you know, it didn't really sink in, like, how shitty it was. We were still, like, in the moment. And then, like, after it all, like, <laughs> after it all ended, then we questioned everything. So, in detail, though, we get the NWO coming out, which, if you're a hist- if you're a historian at all... Sting was feuding with the NWO, so I'm not sure why they're helping him. Uh, just Maybe just because they worked at the same place. But then DX comes out, and there's a big old turf war, and then all of a sudden Shawn Michaels comes out on it because he gets his own entrance. He can't come out with the rest of DX. And he super kicks Sting, Sting kicks out, and all of a sudden there's a sledgehammer involved, and Triple H hits Sting with a sledgehammer and pins him. And then they shake hands afterwards? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, I know you hit me with a sledgehammer and totally fucking cheated, and that was totally bullshit, and you're a dick, but yeah, good match, buddy. What, 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 the, what the fuck was that? So anyway, yeah. that's the detail, and that's what we ended up getting with the Sting match. But yeah. I, I will say this match was like, you know, 17 minutes of perfection, and then two minutes of total bullshit. Like, fuck you, you're, you're a piece of shit kind of heat. Like, go away. I don't want to see Triple H ever again. I don't want to see Vince McMahon sign a free agent ever again. I don't want anybody ever to go to this fucking company again because if they were in WCW, they have to get beat by Triple H before they're allowed to do anything in the fucking company because they have to smash over how bad WCW was, even though they kicked the ever-loving shit out of the WWF for 83 weeks in a row. Like, it's just so fucking bad but yes the nwo dx 
stare down, you know, face off was the one like just absolute perfection moment we got out of this whole entire sting run. Um, and then everything that happened after this was total bullshit. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, just awful. But it sounds like it stings. Uh, yeah, a little bit. So after this bullshit, um, Sting's gone for a little bit of while. And then he comes back in August, uh, returns, and he challenges Seth Rollins to a title match. Um, he has has you know an actual singles match that he gets to win with Big Show. Uh, he ends up tagging with John Cena against Rollins and Big Show, and Cena and Sting win. So you know he he's two and one in WWF at this point. And then he goes to Night of Champions to wrestle Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins beats Sting, breaking his neck in the in the process with a buckle bomb. Um, Seth Rollins had you know injured a handful of people in this time doing shitty buckle bombs and power bombs on the apron and being unsafe. And he's the most boring human alive. So again, not a big fan of Seth Rollins, but that's it. That's it. No big wins. No match with undertaker. No fucking title run. Doesn't get his fucking, you know, uh, heat back on triple H. Just he's there has three or four matches puts over Triple H because he's from WCW and then is just done. And they put him in the Hall of Fame, which was nice, but that's that was Sting's whole entire run. No push, no big build, no nothing to get your teeth into. Just a couple of matches, a few appearances, and he is done. So. So what'd you think about it? <laughs> I thought... Everything, like, I just thought it was the absolute drizzling shits. It was just fucking, like, why? Why? The fans wanted one fucking thing out of Sting, and that was the match with Undertaker, period. Like, that's it? That's it? After that, sure, do whatever you want. If you want to keep them around after the match with Taker, fine. But, like, this was the most, like, the only other no-brainer that was as big as this one was Flair and Hogan at WrestleMania 8, and WWF just shit the bed on both of these, like, dream matches that people waited for, that the real fans wanted. Like, can they ever just give us what we want, Ron? Oh, that's such a broad question. Give us what we want. Like you said, it was 17 minutes of perfection, and then just two minutes of a what-the-fuck finish. Like, they, his run could have ended at WrestleMania... And it would have been perfect. That loss wouldn't have hurt Triple H. It wouldn't have hurt the company. And just no. the way they did it was like, I'm going to hit you in the face with a sledgehammer, then I'm going to shake your hand, and you're, you're going to go home. And like, what the fuck? Like, uh, it just had to be a big old show of, hey, we're still number one. But that's the whole thing. You are number one. Be the number one company, but just let this dude have his moment. Let, let the fans have their moment, too. Like, just fuck. Like, why? There, there was no, there was nothing, not one thing to be gained from Triple H beating Sting. There was no payoff for Triple H beating Sting. It did nothing for anybody. Like, it's fine if you don't want to just give them Undertaker right away. You want your plan is, you know, that next WrestleMania, WrestleMania 32, is going to be Sting and Taker. Okay, whatever. But God damn it, just put Sting over on Triple H at the very least. Oh, 
All right. So so yes. So now now that everyone knows what we wanted to happen, <laughs> let's talk about how we get there. Okay. So for me, for me, like there's no way I'm waiting. I'm having Sting do a run in on November twenty third, and waiting all the way till fucking middle of January for his next appearance. Like I'm sorry, I don't care. You, uh, you know, spend the damn money if you're gonna bring the guy in and have him on your fucking TV. Now, I'm not saying run Sting out there week after week and have him beaten, guys. But November 23rd, he makes his debut. He screws over Triple H. You know, great. Cool. So, the next night on Raw, let's start right away. Sting's there, cutting a promo. You know, I've seen what can happen to a company when there's a group that's just running roughshod and doing whatever they want and no one's checking them. And it kills companies. I watched WCW die, and I was there from the beginning all the way to the end, and I watched what happens when groups like the NWO run wild, and they have control, and they can do whatever. So I am here to stop the authority from killing professional wrestling. I love this business. I want it to succeed. I want it to thrive. So I am here to stop Triple H. I am here to stop this and save professional wrestling, basically. So uh, from there... At the end, um, the uh, so okay. So after Sting comes in, announces, lets everyone know why he's there. Next week, Authority's going to be up to the same old bullshit, interfering in everyone. They're fucking with Cena. They're doing all this, and so here we go. Lights go out. Boom! Sting appears. Fucking scorpion death drops for everyone. You know, flying splashes in the corner, all that stuff. He cleans house, and he's right there. John Cena, Sting in the ring. You know, they shake hands. It's cool. You know, I got your back, bro. Great. So right away for that first pay-per-view, I'm going to set up at TLC, Kane versus Sting. So we're getting a little teaser. One of the Brothers of Destruction. There we go. So we, we know we're maybe foreshadowing just a little bit. And, and teasing the fans just a little bit. But, you know, before that, I'm going to have Sting have his debut match in a two-on-one versus Jamie Noble and Mercury. So I can let Sting just go out there and do his stingy sting stuff and just bump some guys around, get over, get the crowd hyped. And then um, at the pay-per-view, just like Kane. Oh, Kane's going to attack him. So we're setting up for that TLC. And, of course, Sting, convincing win over Kane, which is a big deal. I know, you know, Kane hasn't always been a tippy-top guy, but he's like that next level right below the main event. So we can have him go over on Kane next week. Triple H is going to call out Sting, and the Big Show is going to attack the Stinger from behind. And so then the authorities up to their same old bullshit through the weeks going on. They're just, you know, running rough shot. They're interfering in matches. It's just clusterfuck, clusterfuck. Sting is going to keep stopping them from doing what they're doing and makes those saves again. And then uh, Triple H, he's going to call out Triple H. Triple H is going to go, no, 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 you don't get to just wrestle me. If you can beat the big show next week on Monday Night Raw, then I will wrestle you. I will face you at the Royal Rumble. And so we get Sting and Big Show. We've got Sting and Kane. We got Sting and Noble. So he beats everyone in the Thor in the Authority, basically, leading up to the Royal Rumble, where he's going to wrestle Triple H. Um, 
And so then at the Rumble, it's going to be like, we're going to have this match. It's going to be great. We're going to have the big giant schmoz again. Um, I know that in this angle, unfortunately, we're going to lose the NWO stuff and we're going to lose the DX thing. And I'm okay with that because this payoff is going to be great. Um, but so we're, we're going to have just, you know, the authorities there. They're going to clusterfuck this finish. And we're going to have Cena and Ziggler and Ryback come out, make that big save. Yes, I said Ryback, ladies and gentlemen, because at this point in history, Ryback's kind of a thing. And the fans are behind him. And so if we got Ryback and Cena and Ziggler and Sting all together, we've got, you know, this great, this great kind of buildup. So Sting is going to beat Triple H. They beat down the authority. He's done what he's come here to do. So the very next night after Royal Rumble, Sting's going to come out and say, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. I came here. I did what I needed to do. I beat everyone in the authority. I put them to bed. And there's nothing left for me to do. It's been a long, long career, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, there's just nothing left for me to do in the business. And at that point, the lights go out. And we get the gong. And here comes Undertaker down to the ring. Nothing is said, but we get a shot of Sting and Undertaker facing down in the ring to close Monday Night Raw with the WrestleMania sign in the background. And at that point, who cares what happens? That's all we needed to do. We made Sting look strong. He beat Triple H. He beat Kane. He beat Big Show. Now he's ready for Undertaker. We're there. We're going to fucking WrestleMania with Sting versus The Undertaker. And who gives a shit what happens after this? Um, I, I, I'm not, I, you know, that's where the Stinger can lose. Like, he can lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. That's fine. But let's make him something first before we just shit can him in his first fucking match in the company. And, uh, yeah, that's it for me. Run through the authority and then, boom, Undertaker at WrestleMania. And uh, after that, it's all fun and games. That's great. And, like, you know, he can lose the the Undertaker because, you know, how do you how do you have the Undertaker lose again after losing the streak the year prior? So, oh. even if it is Sting, you know, I, I think, like, just even if Undertaker just, like, makes him pass out or just gets a quick win, like, the, like the only, like... like like, imagine if Taker won with a roll-up at WrestleMania. No decisive tombstone and, you know, like, you can get... Oh, but see, it gives me a good idea, though, too, because that's where, you know, we can do the match at at, at Mania. And let's just say, for argument's sake, we're going to keep going with Sting and the Authority kind of after this. That's fine. And we're going to build up to maybe a Seth Rollins title match after this. Let's have the Authority get involved. But what I want to see, like, uh, this, I mean, really, like, it just, just this little bit of brainstorming there. Undertaker helped Sting beat off the fucking authority. Like, no, no, this is between me and him. Get the fuck out of here, you know? <laughs> and we have this really cool spot where Sting and Taker kind of team up just for a little second. And then, you know, Taker hits the choke slam. And it's like, no, no, this is between you and me, but I'm going to win this bitch. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive right into it because we're going to hit the same spots. But, like, the, his run in WWE was something that I was, like, yearning for for so long. And the way I approach it is that I want him to play the hits. And here's what we're going to do. He debuts at Survivor Series, the whole thing with Triple H, and has the good guy team win and all that stuff. But there, we're going to go with the whole storyline that WWE thinks they're number one and Sting's past his prime and and doing all that stuff. So Sting wants one final run with a title. He He wants the opportunity 
to be on top in the biggest company in the world. So it's it, it's him trying to take down the authority and also solidify himself as a top guy there. And he really wants to be in the Royal Rumble. And Triple H is saying, no, you can't be in the Royal Rumble. Who do you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. And then lo and behold, we get to a match at the Royal Rumble between Triple H and Sting. And the stipulation is, if Triple H wins, get the fuck out of my company forever. But if you win, I'll give you a spot in the Royal Rumble. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. And it's an entrant of my choosing. Like, he gets to of choose course. the number. So even if you do win, I can be a dick and make you number one. So, we have the match. And, you know, since I loved it so much there, I'm keeping the whole gaga of the NWO and the, and the, and the, and the DX thing. But I'm going to delete the fucking sledgehammer spot. And we're going to have Sting, go figure, beat Triple H. You can keep you can keep all the gaga, you can keep all the shit, you can put asterisks all over the place, but at the end of the day, one, two, three, or tap, 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 Triple H loses to Sting. Yeah, clean and decisively. <laughs> yes, and we get Sting in the Royal Rumble. Triple H doesn't go out of his way to make him number one, so he makes him number two, which is just as bad. And then Sting doesn't win the Royal Rumble, but... In the, in the middle of the Royal Rumble, we get a portion where Sting is by himself, and five, four, three, two, one, and that's when we get the gong. So Undertaker returns after a big, long absence of getting after getting beat by Brock Lesnar and comes back at the Royal Rumble with Sting in the ring, and the whole crowd is just eating it up. They don't even touch until the next entry comes out. Like, that's... Like the the whole crowd is just stunned that th that this face off is happening. But here's oh, the... we get yeah the Warrior Hogan spot. Yes, but here's the thing though, they don't touch at all because they're gonna stare down the whole time, the whole duration of the time period for the next person to come out. And the next, well, I mean, Undertaker's entrance is gonna take one minute and forty seven seconds. Yeah, so. yeah, they're gonna yeah Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> we're gonna apply Bruce Pritchard logic. It's like oh yeah, well it's every two minutes, but this spot's gonna be like ten minutes long for, before the yeah. next entry comes out. But, yeah, but Titan the, time. <laughs> but the next entrant that comes out is the Big Show, another comparable cast member from our stories already. So, because yes. I needed a guy big enough to really interrupt this moment and make a make the make a reason for them not to touch. So we get a very split second of Undertaker and Sting charging after Big Show, but it doesn't go well. And this is in my universe where Big Show is actually a threat. So yes, we actually get him. And they, and they split up, and they go their separate ways in the Rumble and don't face off again, and then eventually they're both eliminated, blah, 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 blah. The next night, the next night, Sting talks about, you know, I had my goals mixed up. I thought I wanted to be on top of the biggest company in the world, but in one moment, I realized that I don't need to be on top of the biggest company in the world. I need to take down the biggest name in the industry, and I'm going to do it on the biggest stage of them all. And I'm going to do it against The Undertaker at WrestleMania in a dream match. I'll even put my career on the line. Blah, 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 blah. And so we get this big stakes, like, challenge. And then Undertaker comes out, face off, and he says, no. Undertaker tells Sting, no. And the crowd is just silent. Like, we got this, we got this... This dream match on a golden platter. Sting comes out and challenges The Undertaker to WrestleMania. 
a place where Undertaker is all-powerful and should have all the confidence in the world. But he tells him no. And we're just left with questions and, like, we need reasons and there's no reasons. We just go off the air after he says no. We just get that blank stare from Sting like a soap opera and we just go off the air. And, like, we'd be pissed. The, the audience would just talk shit on the internet all damn week. But then the next week, we get a little... We get a little explanation that maybe, you know, Undertaker, maybe he's losing a little confidence. Sting kind of calls him out. He's like, whoa, whoa, is last year, did last year really mess you up that much that you can't take a dream match at WrestleMania? Come on, I want the phenom. I want the guy that's going to put me out at WrestleMania because if that guy's not there, then I have no reason to challenge you at WrestleMania. Basically giving him the whole reverse psychology, blah, 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 blah. And then what we get instead... Kane comes out, another like-minded character on our on our cast of characters for this run, and Kane comes out and tries to defend the honor of the Undertaker. He's like, you need to stop worrying about my brother, because I'm going to put you out before you even get to WrestleMania. And then we have a match between Kane and Sting at Fastlane. Yes. Kind of hot-shotting, I know, but it's for this reason. It's for this reason, because when Sting comes out, he's donning the red Wolfpack face paint against Kane. <laughs> the visual is delicious. It's so good. We get the Wolfpack theme just for this match because it somehow makes him more powerful against Kane just for the visual. There's red on red, and it looks fucking amazing. And then Sting, of course, beats Kane. And there's no stipulation involved. There's no, like, if you beat me, you get to face the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that he won, he beat Kane, he gives the Undertaker one last chance to say yes to this match, and finally... The next night on Raw, Undertaker accepts the challenge. And it's a big old awesome face-off. They both look at the sign. Sting points his bat at the sign. Just ball-draining nostalgia going everywhere. And then we get to the match at WrestleMania. And it's as every bit of a classic as we can imagine. And I don't need to go through the match and the spots and all that. But here's the outcome. This is going to be the most out-of-nowhere thing. And it's a risk for WrestleMania. But... At the end, we're going to get Undertaker in the Scorpion death, death Lock. And this may be a risk considering the, two, considering the two men involved, but I'm pitching a time limit draw at WrestleMania just for Undertaker's score to read 21-1-1 and for his WrestleMania record. Didn't lose, didn't win, but the row of numbers is 21-1-1 and just for an added visual. And then... The big payoff for me is that they both kind of go away for a while and we get like little mini vignettes of these guys returning and then the big rematch at SummerSlam and try to picture this visual. I don't know how we get there as far as like when they come out and announce this. They could just surprise us at SummerSlam. But I'm imagining the big payoff is Surfer Sting versus the American Badass at SummerSlam. <laughs> I just, I had that visual in my head, and I was like, I want to see these fucks come back, don those characters. We saw the time limit draw with the two dark characters. I want to see Surfer Sting and American Badass. I want to see It's Showtime versus Big Evil at SummerSlam. And you know what? I don't even have a finish for that, because I just want to see it and experience it for myself, <laughs> and we never will. But anyway, that's my... That's my tribute to Sting. I think his run should have been just drenched in, play the hits, get every single bit of what made you special, 
out there and then just go away. I, I would say um, my my only kind of two, I have two small issues with, with your pitch, only just that I don't know that I want to put heat on Undertaker and have him say no to any challenge for WrestleMania, especially the dream match of all dream matches. Like <laughs> that one might be a little tough sell to have Taker be like, nah, dog, I don't want to wrestle you. <laughs> I get that, but I don't think he was cowardice about it. I just think he probably meant like, even he thinks Sting doesn't deserve that spot because he's WCW. Well, but even, I mean, either way, I still think at that point that we're putting heat on, you know, the Undertaker at this point who could do no wrong. And so that's that's a little that's a little bit of a tough sell. But I, I like I like adding the intrigue to it. I'm not against it. I just like, oh, that's a fucking brave decision. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like when Owen was the reason the Montreal screw job happened. Yes, yes, that was fucking heat though. Yes, that, that was perfect. That's the guy we want to heap heat on is Owen Hart because I think he's the most, like he's one of the most natural like heat seeking bait or heels you'll ever get. Like he he just so good at being obnoxious and annoying and that like I mean he played the, you know the that that asshole little brother so well like <laughs> yeah that, that guy from cobra kai that when he was in all yes. he was the bully from all the movies in the 80s that that was Owen yeah, yeah. Hart in wrestling yes yes william zapka yes that guy <laughs> so and then my my other i i don't i don't think that in 2015 the Undertaker and Sting would be capable of going to like a sixty-minute time limit draw. Oh no! Or whatever it would be time sixty. Limit draw would be. I think. I think maybe that one will, we'd want to put, especially since WWF hasn't done time limits in ever. So yeah, this would might, be a ten-minute, ten-minute time limit. Yeah, so maybe like a double count out. You know, a total schmoz where they just fight off. You know, and they get in the tables and they do all this stiff stuff, and finally they just go double disqualification at mania which is also a brave move to have a draw at wrestlemania yeah. especially in a dream match yeah however we um, get there i think the visual of his record being 21 1 and 1 would be amazing yeah but i think it'd be great to feature them at SummerSlam, though like i like that idea of not having a decisive winner and may and, and we and this that could be one where we have the authority involved, you know, kind of like I, even even in mine, we said we have the big schmas, we have the authority, you know, that would be a good time. We could have you know DX, like we could do all kinds of stuff, whatever we need to do to make that match not have a finish, and then we put maybe we put Sting and Taker in a Hell in a Cell match or a cage match at SummerSlam so that we don't have any outside interference. Although, you know, since what the first hell in the cell match, the cell hasn't stopped anybody from getting involved in the fucking match. So <laughs> no, no, it's kind of like the first elimination chamber when they told us that glass was bulletproof, but it wasn't Jericho proof. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jer bulletproof glass that you could just fly right through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jer yeah. Jericho went right through it. So yeah, I I always like that we you know when we're kind of on similar pages because then we could just kind of put it together. What's your um, opinion of Surfer Sting versus American Badass Undertaker? Though? I mean, uh, as much as I just love, I mean, obviously I'd love it. I don't I don't think it's something we could get to. Like <laughs> it'd be. A That's why I had bit, no idea how we got to it. 
Yeah. Like if they so just maybe... randomly came out like that, the way Edge did with the Brood thing, just no announcement, just did it. Um. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Let me. Let me. Uh. Let's brainstorm here. How could we get to sur- the return of Surfer Sting? Um. Maybe then instead of having a no decision, we have to have the Undertaker like decisively beat Sting, like at WrestleMania. Like he has to like bury Sting and just like Tombstone pins him, and so then we find a way. We 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 find a way to just have him. You know, rebirth himself to he needs a little more fire he needs a little more uh i don't know you know just just a little more attitude you know a little less you know he can't out darkness the prince of darkness so he needs to lighten things up and go find you know the fans in a way and so then we can you know maybe get the return of the lighter sting the you know with the the bright colors and the bright face paint and and you know because he can't he can't out dark the Prince of Darkness and the Undertaker. So then he has to, you know, lighten up and embrace the fans more and, and use a little more of that, you know, Hulk Hogan uh, style baby face to take on the Undertaker. And then so maybe we make this a three match series. So we get Surfer Sting versus Undertaker. And then the Surfer Sting can beat the Prince of Darkness. So Undertaker needs to become a badass to finish the third match with Sting. So maybe this carries even through SummerSlam up to Survivor Series or wherever. And that's when we can get the Surfer Sting versus the American Badass Sting so we can get regular promos and Taker can be a human being and not a zombie. (laughs) Yeah, like uh, Sting can do like a crazy babyface promo about like maybe he needs to look back and, uh, you know, in light of, you know, his old tag team partner's passing, which was a year prior, maybe he's got to reach back as a tribute and you know, don the warrior paint again, and you know, hey, there we go, there we go. I think we're there now. And become Surfer Sting, you know, uh, maybe Taker beats the shit out of him with a surfboard, and just you know, uh, <laughs> sparks the idea. And then they have a cinematic, <laughs> they, they have, have a, a cinematic fight. match, the Venice Beach street fight, and then uh, yeah, and he buries him in the sand, and the surfboard is the fucking uh, tombstone. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mean, come on. I, I, on the build to Brock versus uh, Rock, he freaking f five to Shark. Like we we can have oh. we can have great trailers oh. on the way to that. Oh, this is awesome. We're getting into. I can see that territory right now. Oh man, I mean, <laughs> I, I, have you seen some? Have you seen the Money in the Bank cinematic match? I mean, this isn't that far fetched. Oh. Baron killed a guy. Yeah, he did. He murdered like two people. <laughs> The dumbest shit that ever happened. <laughs> Good times, but Sting though. Yes, but Sting. Uh, he should have been in that match. It would it would have definitely been showtime. But it would have uh, been a good time to have a cameo from Sting. I like, know. We're just doing silly shit anyway. I know. Just like just come, just raise down, like lower down from the sky. Yeah. Yes, just floating in on a helicopter. Yeah, when Baron when Baron throws the guys off the roof, you know, all of a sudden you just see Sting floating up, holding yeah, them. Yeah, floating up. Yeah, like he's holding. You, you drop he this. He saved their lives. Yeah, you drop this and kind of floats <laughs> off, floats out of camera, pointing the bat at Baron. But yeah, so okay, so long story short, uh, we got Sting debuting at the Survivor Series. He blows through the authority. He may, he has a stop with Kane. We get the match with Undertaker at WrestleMania. What what finish are we agreeing on? Are we are we sticking with the draw, or are we are we having a decisive win for Taker? I you know I it depends. Like like you said, if you, we want to get to the Surfer Sting, then I think we got to beat him. 
I, th- I really think we got to beat him at, at it, it, decisively. I mean, it's got to be a clean, straight up, like Undertaker bested, you know, the crow sting. Or we and get then- to American Badass first. Because it'd be kind of hypocritical on our part if we're bitching to complain about Sting losing a Mania, but we're booking him to lose at Mania. No, see, the problem is not that Sting lost at Mania. It's the problem that the problem is that Sting lost his first match. He lost a fucking Triple H. He like, I'm sorry. Yeah, because in hours he does beat Triple H, at yeah, at the Rumble. He, yeah, he's. He, there was no reason for him to debut at Survivor Series if he wasn't going to have a match until WrestleMania and to build up the match to be with Triple H in his WWE debut, and he's losing to Triple H. Like, who's who's literally an office member. Like, he's part of the, the booking team at this point. Like, he's the on-screen general manager for, for, you know, all intents and purposes. So why the fuck is this guy beating Sting? What is it? What did that accomplish? Is all I'm getting, like... He showed up tanned. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I'm okay. I'm I like it, the issue is not necessarily Sting losing at Mania, but losing his first match and to Triple H, like a match no one wanted to see ever. Nobody was ever pining for that fucking Triple H Sting feud. I don't think anyone's ever been like, oh, you know what my dream match is, and then Triple H's name was mentioned. Like I don't think that's ever been a thing. <laughs> In the history of professional wrestling, like, oh, you know, my dream match, Triple H, that's it. That's That sentence has never happened. <laughs> well, then maybe maybe one final push because, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're making good time here. So I'm yeah. thinking the way for Sting to win, you know, we've already had Taker lose at Mania and we've uh, the year before. So if Sting, you know, is on is on Taker's shoulders for the tombstone but then he counters with the freaking scorpion death drop and like oh, yeah. and then hits the gets the pin but Taker kicks out at 3.25 and yeah. and we get that story uh maybe Taker comes out and says you know you know maybe maybe the phenom is just losing some steam maybe it's going to take a real badass to beat Sting and then the next week we get the freaking motorcycle and like the big reveal and he wants to challenge Sting and blah 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 maybe we get there in that regard and then uh shit i mean there there's so many stops on the way to SummerSlam after mania so maybe somewhere between we get american badass beating the crow and then that's when sting needs to don the power of the warrior and and come after american badass as surfer sting at 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 the hottest the hottest uh pay-per-view of the summer so yeah like two they're both alter they're two alter egos where they have more fire and they face off in the summer so that's uh, I think that's drenched in gimmick yeah, and gaga. See, there you go. See, there you go. You made you mentioned that it's SummerSlam, and that's the perfect time to bring back Surfer Sting. Yes, is in the summertime. So yeah, I you know fuck it, I'm down with this, and I think that's probably the better way to take it. Have, have, and he looks I, different I, too. Imagine because he's got yeah. that weird hair. Imagine if he shaved his head, just bald with the fucking with the fucking mask, and then just shirtless, <laughs> dude, and the tassels. Oh, that'd be so cool. It'd be like it'd be like the Shawn Michaels Saudi Arabia show, but like good. Yes. Yes. I will say it was pretty cool that uh our our you know, one of our our contemporaries, Mr. Conrad Thompson, uh actually convinced Sting to do a Surfer Sting uh photo shoot where he did the uh the Great American Bash where he had the red, white, and blue and the whole deal. And it was apparently a smash hit, which obviously Obviously like at the <laughs> 
<laughs> obviously it was a smash hit not apparently like that i it's one of the few things i would maybe go out of my way to to get a picture with sting in the surfer sting outfit and holding the belt and all that shit that would be fucking cool photo op yeah if I, he can convince stone cold steve austin to wear the stunning steve stuff at a at a convention uh, that would be amazing <laughs> have him do the thing have him do the pose the the the, put, the, a, put a blonde wig on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, shit. Oh. Like, yeah, you know, he was losing his hair then. He can just grow it out, just whatever he has, just full on yeah. Costanza. <laughs> oh, it'd be so great. It'd be like it'd be yeah. like if I grew it out. Oh, see, I like this. I think we're 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 starting to to find our our stride on the take it ups. Like this this is the way I I envision this going, where we'd pitch our ideas. And then we work to like a solidified good idea where we come together. And by the end, we have this storyline I think would work. I think the fans would eat it up. I know I would have enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Because so, up until I, now. I'm all about this. Yeah, that, me too. Because up until now, we've been uh, pitching our idea, pitching my idea, pitching your idea. And then we just kind of like, oh, that's good. That's good, too. And they're, they're, But this is the time. This is like the first time where I feel like we've tried to merge our storylines together and come up with something better. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I love I love that I didn't have an answer for how we got to Surfer Sting versus American Badass, but I'm glad we talked it out because how we got there was actually pretty sweet. I love it. And uh, next week, we're going to hit you with another Take It Up With Creative where we're going to be talking about the NWO. In the WWF. That's true. It was WWF at that point. Uh, That is going to play a big role uh, in next week's episode. It's the NWO in the WWF. The NWO debuted when it was in the WWF and the WWE didn't actually happen until May of that year. I'm excited. So it's being titled NWO in the WWF, and I cannot wait to elaborate on why that's important. I'm excited for next week. Cole, put a bow on this episode. I think we've done all right by Sir Sting. I'm just going to say it. This has been my favorite Take It Up With Creative so far. Um, You know, Maybe not my favorite subject matter. And and, I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to top the big hoe. That may be... The all-time, you know, greatest pitch, and and definitely not as shocking as Owen Hart taking credit for the, the celebrating Bret Hart getting screwed over. I heard if you uh, pay enough money, you can definitely top the big hoe. <laughs> oh well, I'm not going to do any better than that this week, ladies and gentlemen. So for my host Ron Kilborn, I am your host Cole Dawson, saying thank you, we love you, and good night, moi. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.